guys are not thinking outside the box. Couples like that don't like necessarily have sex in their bed. They do it everywhere. Like they yeah, have wherever and like the house that they do it. We put the kids to bed in our bed and then we do it on the floor. Okay, that's right? where we receive right. our children. We have like an extra bedroom where we do it in. So yeah, it's like, see? you know, like not a we just do it in different places. Yeah, just get yeah, creative. Yeah, I know. Hey sister, you are listening to the Daily Mom Trip Podcast and I'm your host, Jessie Trulove. In this episode, I bring on Jamelia Beasley from Tara to Mama on Instagram to talk about all the things, sex while bed sharing, listening to your mama gut, and myth busting some common trends regarding baby sleep on social media. She preaches mama encouragement and her content will leave you feeling like you just got a big mama bear hug. Let's dive into the episode. Okay, Jamila, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Can you go ahead and just start off with telling us a little bit about you, your experience, how you got into the work that you do now? You kind of seem like a jack of all trades from yoga training (laughs) to responsive sleep support for parents. So I feel like you do it all. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about everything that you do? Ah, Hi, my name is Jamila Beasley, and I'm a sleep specialist, postpartum doula, um, yoga teacher, (laughs) all the good Uh, stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And I got started primarily doing like the postpartum and baby sleep. When I became a mom to my son, I was originally a birth doula and, you know, I was doing that side. And then I was like, once I became a mom, I was like, Whoa, you know, there's not really much of like a community support for postpartum for postpartum mothers mm-hmm. and that's what really made me want to become a postpartum doula and then also a you know sleep specialist to really you know let parents know like hey you're doing a good job like it's a lack of support that as postpartum parents we have in our culture I don't have support or people just want to see the baby, but they don't want to see me like what's going on here. Right. So that really drove me to be, you know, to create Tata de Mama. Tata de Mama was originally my birth doula page. And once okay. I became mom, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and change it to Tata de Mama. So I have a couple of questions already. Yeah, Can you tell me a little bit about that name? What does the new name of your Instagram, what does that mean? Is there like a meaning behind it? Behind it, ground the mama or t- Tara means like earth or ground and, you know. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. And you know what? Now that you say that, like your page helps you, like helps me. Like I've been following you for a while and I've been yeah, yeah. consuming your content for a while and it is grounding. It makes you feel more rooted in your self as a mom like it just makes you feel good you know and I feel like moms just need that support you know um like you said there's just like such a lack of support like there's always this unsolicited advice and I feel like we never hear like you're doing such a good job your kids are amazing and that is because of all of the hard work and love and and yourself that you're pouring into them I think your page does that it really instills like everything that you feel like you want to do as a mom is the right choice for you as a mom. And, uh, it, it just oozes that. And I love that about your page. Yeah. I also have a question about what exactly a postpartum doula does. Are you still doing that? 
I am still doing that, but I yeah. mostly do like online consultations, like email consultations. Okay. Um, part of doula is just like, it's kind of like a birth doula, but instead of attending the birth and pregnancy and labor, you know, we're here to support parents during the postpartum period so like we help them with like cleaning taking care of the baby breastfeeding support um, listeners so yeah. we listen to them you know some postpartum doulas they have extra training so they are able to listen to you know a mama's birth story and just like hold space for that mama yeah um help parents like transition over to the postpartum period and just have that support it is such a transition it's like the biggest transition (laughs) it's like the biggest (laughs) humans go through it and then I would love to know a little bit about what sets your your approach to sleep Mm -hmm. apart from other sleep methods because I feel like when you hear sleep training or sleep methods like everybody's mind immediately goes to cry it out and I know that there are other ways to do it because we do it other ways. I mean, I don't, I don't Mm. teach anybody how to do it. I don't even teach my own kids how to sleep. They're just like, they fall asleep. They just land (laughs) where they fall. They're like, where do your kids sleep? If they sleep with you, if they bed share, I'm like over there, over there, like on the bench, like wherever they, if they're tired, they will find a place to land. And I'm just like, not too worried about it, but I know like, that's not how it goes for everybody else. But Mm -hmm. if, if you have an exhausted mom, that wants better sleep, but doesn't want to do the cry it out or even hear the baby cry at all. Like that's me. I don't want to hear them cry. It makes me want to throw up if I hear them cry. I feel like that's by design, (laughs) but who am I? Yeah. So like being like a mother is like our instincts. Like if our baby's crying, we're just like, what's going on? Like, how can I help? You know? Yeah. So yeah, completely normal to feel that way. If that mom wants to use a sleep method because she's exhausted, but doesn't want to do cry it out, what are her options? Well, I have a, a pretty much like a root cause approach. There's certain things that can disturb a little one's sleep, like mouth breathing, tongue ties, reflex, uh, food intolerance. Sometimes nervous system can be affected by sleep. Um, sometimes environment can be affected by sleep. So I just like to find the root cause of what is causing sleep. And if there's no cause, then we can definitely do like a a gentle approach. Like if they want to like, let's just say like they're tired of bed sharing, they want to move on to either doing a crib or a floor bed, we can work on doing that after we, you know, of course, address the root cause of Mm -hmm. disturbing the little one's sleep. So that's like my approach. There's no crying it out, but there are times where, you know, especially like toddlers when their emotions, like they have like, you know, really, really big, strong emotions. I just tend to tell parents that, you know, it's normal for, you know, toddlers to cry, you know, crying is a way of expressing their emotions and feelings. So we can go ahead and support those emotions instead of leaving them to cry it out. We want to support the emotion and be there for them and support them to sleep, love them to sleep. It's nothing wrong with loving your child to sleep. Right. So that is my, my approach. Yeah. I felt like, uh, I felt so much pressure to, from other people, like mm-hmm. in friend circle, family circle, like not that they don't 
love my babies, right? But they were like, you need to just let her cry in her crib. Like, when is she going to get out of your bed? You know, she needs to be able to self-soothe and it's good for her to cry. And Um, I would find myself like sitting outside of her room, like putting her in the crib, you know, sitting outside the room with the monitor. And I'm like, tears are streaming down my face. She's freaking out, like screaming because she's in a room by herself. You know, this was like at eight months old. And I was like, I don't know who this is serving. Like, I don't think she's learning anything valuable and it's not serving me. Like nobody in that's giving me this advice is feeling the way I feel because I'm, because I'm the mom, you know, like nobody's going to feel this like anxiety and feeling like I need to throw up from hearing her cries because Mm -hmm. nobody is connected to her the way that I'm connected to her. And I feel like moms do feel that. And, but they're told like, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. You know, it, it makes like moms like intuition, like they want their intuition to just be like settled down. Like they, yeah. they don't want intuitions to be like front and center. They want their intuitions to just be like shut down. It's and like they just don't trust mom's like gut. Like it's just like not enough to like be reasoned with. Like we don't trust you enough to make this call. We know better than you for your baby. That's how I feel. That's how I feel too. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. And I'm just like, a mom's intuition is just so powerful. I feel like it's by design. We have this innate ability to just know if something feels like it's going against our gut. And I feel like with everything in the world, you know, it's like, don't listen to that. Like, listen to me, listen to this outside source looking in versus like being the one in the situation, being the one connected to your baby. The only, you were the only one connected to that child, the way Mm-hmm. in that way how do you feel about the sleep training world trying to convince moms that they need to teach their baby how to sleep do we need to teach babies how to sleep it hurts me when I see like posts like that especially like on Instagram when like you know when I see oh yeah mama is like you need to teach your baby needs to learn how to sleep you know sleep is a skill they need to learn how to sleep yes and it's not a skill like or you know we're in our mom's belly and we're sleeping like you don't know you don't need to learn how to sleep sleep is like biological function it's something that we all do naturally it's just like when babies are not able to sleep or toddlers are not able to sleep there's something that's blocking them from sleeping that we need to try to figure out hey it could be reflex it could be they might have a mouth breathing problem or a food intolerance, something that just needs to be addressed to see what is going on. And it's really biologically normal for babies and infants and children in general and adults to wake up throughout the night mm-hmm. and, you know, settle back down to sleep. Mm-hmm. I wake up biologically normal and there's nothing wrong with that. My parents are both first generation born in the United States. So mm-hmm. bed sharing you know, back before social media, I was telling you how terrible it was. I was raised, (laughs) I'm the oldest (laughs) of six kids. I was raised bed sharing. Like, and I don't even remember when my parents, like, like we made the transition. Like, I don't remember what age that was. I don't remember it being like this grand deal, you know? I just like, you guys are not thinking outside the box. Like, it's just like, there's couples like that don't like necessarily have sex in their bed. They do it, you know, everywhere like they yeah, have wherever and like the house that they do it like it's so we put okay. our for everybody that's been asking me where we do it 
We put the kids to bed in our bed and then we do it on the floor. Okay. That's right, where we right. conceive our children. Our children are conceived on the floor while our kids sleep in our bed. See? See, there, there it is. Go. I put it out there. It's out you there. Everybody out there. knows now. Put it I actually out feel better. I feel better now that everybody see, knows. You put it out there. We have like an extra bedroom where we do it. In. So yeah, it's see? like, you know, like Not a we just do it in different places. Yeah, just get yeah, creative. Yeah, I know. I know. Get creative. Yeah, we just get creative, you know, like. You know, as new babies came, like we all just kind of found our place. Like we live, we lived in a very small house on a ranch. <laughs> there was eight of us in the house and we all just, there, it was never a problem of like everybody staying in their room or going to bed at a certain time. Like we didn't have sleep schedules. We bed shared. I just like, you guys are not thinking outside the box. Like, it's just like, there's couples like that don't like necessarily have sex in their bed. They do it, you know, everywhere. Like they yeah, have wherever in like the house that they do it. Like it's so we put okay. our For everybody that's been asking me where we do it, we put the kids to bed in our bed and then we do it on the floor. Okay. That's right, where we right. conceive our children. Our children are conceived on the floor while our kids sleep in our bed. See? See there it is. Go. I put it out there. It's out you there. Everybody out there. knows now. Put it I actually out there. feel better. I feel better now that everybody see, knows. You put it out there. We have like an extra bedroom where we do it. In. So it's yeah, like, see? you know, like Not a we just do it in different places. Yeah. Just get yeah, creative. Yeah. I know. Get creative. Yeah, we just get creative, you know, like, and I feel like bed sharing and later bedtimes or like more flexible bedtimes seem very common around the world. Can you speak to the American way of doing things when it comes to sleep methods and how that differs from the normal or common ways of doing things around the world? Especially here in the Western world, see like a typical bedtime is like 7 p.m. for children or 8 p.m. And most kids, they tend to sleep away from their parents or in a different room or in a crib and not in the bed. Um, but yeah, in a lot of other countries and cultures, that's not the norm. Like most of the times kids are still sleeping in the parent's bed or in the same room as a parent or another adult like if they do have like a new baby coming the grandmother will sleep with like the toddler or like you know the old yeah. kid but yeah it's like completely different what we're what we see here in America yeah and know? I've also heard you know from people around the world in my dms that it's very like expected because it's not possible in other countries like a lot of people don't have five bedrooms or four bedrooms or even a separate bedroom like to have all of these separate spaces for their kids. And then they're told that they're asking for something bad to happen by sharing their sleep space with their baby. When I feel like that is the opposite of what any mom sleeping yeah. with their baby is like trying to do. Chiming in to share my number one postpartum pick for breastfeeding or bottle feeding mamas. The Snuggle Me Organic Feeding Support Pillow, or as I like to call it, my moon pillow, is a total game changer. I feel like I could say that all boppies need to be burned. This pillow is crafted with narrow ends that tuck behind your back or side and have a thick center that brings baby right to your breast. This will totally save your back. The outer shell is made of 100% organic cotton, which is a non-toxic and breathable material. They even have washable covers in a ton of colors. This is the only pillow you'll need to bring to the hospital, I promise. We also have the loungers in both of the sizes, and my girls completely live in theirs. I have an exclusive Daily Momcha podcast discount for listeners. Use code JESSIE10 to save 10% off anything on their site. Now let's get back to the show. 
if anything, it's like the opposite. Like both of my kids have had cerebral seizures and mm -hmm. the second, my second baby had one and she was laying right next to me in the bed. I knew exactly what was happening. And I woke up in a split second, you know, and I couldn't even like, you couldn't pay me enough to put her in another room. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even known we, you know, we had to go to the emergency room. It just puts all of these unrealistic and like immense amount of pressure on moms, like feeling like they're doing like the wrong thing. And no. also for, for parents that just don't have the ability to have all of these separate spaces for mm -hmm. each kid, you know, or so many cribs or like whatever, you know, like for my parents, for example, there's six kids. There's no mm -hmm. way, like we, we didn't have six bedrooms and six cribs and all this so many unrealistic expectations and then shame on top of that, which is, it's crazy. They make it seem like a mother sharing a bed with their baby is like, you know, the same as a knife in your bed. Yeah. Like I've seen that commercial about like, like if you're sharing a bed with your baby, it's like the same as like having a knife in your bed. That is wild. What is I was like, no, they did not compare a knife at a mom who has literally, you know, carried this baby to life. It's just crazy because like if I like and I understand too, like the moms that like I'm just somebody like I know it's a season and I'm just not gonna sleep through the night, you know. I know right. this is a season, I'm not going to sleep next to my husband. And like that's the choice. I'm not like trying to be a martyr. I'm not trying to do any of these things that like moms are accused of doing by making these choices and not that it's just my choice. Like everybody also always assumes like your poor husband, like when are you going to spend time with your husband? I'm like, like, even like with my, my husband and I, like we, like we share like a different bed, you know, and like he sleeps, he has his own room. I have my own room with my son. Like we sleep, yeah. my and I, we share the same bed. Yeah. And it's nice. You know, and it's like, we still have that time to connect and do intimacy and whatnot. You know, it's just like, we just don't go to bed together. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like how sad for those people that like only do it in their bed. <laughs> like, wow. Like you must have a sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I'm not like hexing my husband for like all of these years <laughs> while I bed share with my babies. And it's like his choice too. Like he couldn't imagine it any other way. You know, we've had these scares and they always happen at night with the kids, like where we need to like rush to the emergency room and right. you just couldn't pay us enough to put them in another room so that they learn the skill or like whatever. Um, million dollars. I would not, no. I would still not. You know, we all have different capacities. Where I was trying to get at was that like, I know this is a season and that there's going to be a day where the kids aren't in our bed sleeping anymore. And, you know, there, there will come that day. But if a mom needs to implement a separate sleep space and a different sleep method so that she can sleep and have better mental health and, you know, that's what she needs to show up as the best version of her baby's moms, then like I'm all for it. What I'm not for is like the moms that are doing what feels best for them, having their babies in the bed, like they're getting told that they want something bad to happen to their baby, which is not true. And it's so hurtful yeah. and destructive to a mama heart, you know, especially like when you're trying to share, you know, even on social media, it's a double-edged sword. I always say like you can connect and with so many people, 
that are aligned with you or not and have these meaningful conversations. And then the other end of it is like, if you're putting it out there, you are opening yourself up to mm-hmm. all kinds of scrutiny that is just not the point. It shouldn't be the point, but people find a lot it of pleasure be. in attacking moms on social media. A lot of time it's moms too, which is crazy. Like we all know motherhood is hard. Like, can and we that not is just, so- yeah. <laughs> something to understand is other moms attacking other moms, whether you're bed sharing or you do something different you had a c-section you're you know not breastfeeding but you're formula feeding like it's just other moms attacking moms though which I don't get that cool I support you doing that I support you doing this as long as we're not putting our children in danger like in right horrible danger use abusive situations like you know why can't we just all get along and support you you know there are a million ways to be a good mom you know and and we all have different capacities and feel like we're all just trying to do the best we can in the season that we're in with the tools and resources that we have, you know, not everybody has the same access. And so if you don't have four bedrooms or three or two, and you have one space, like there are people that can help you figure out how to do that safely. And Mm -hmm. that's the main reason why I wanted to bring you on. I get so many comments and questions about how to safely bed share and like what that looks like and Mm -hmm. what that looks like with a toddler. And Honestly, mm-hmm. for us, it looks different all the time. It just, it changes as they change. Like we change, we have to, we have a toddler who's four and we have a 19 month old who also shares the bed with us. And I go to bed with the baby. I put her down and dad stays up with our toddler and they stay up and, you know, mm-hmm. hang out. And then when she falls asleep, he brings her up and, and then we all go to sleep in the same bed and me and dad are kind of like bookends and I sleep on one end, the baby. And then we, I breastfeed her every time she wakes up in the middle of the night, which is, you know, a lot and then toddler and then my husband. And we just kind of like bookend and we just keep everybody in. That is um, so cool. <laughs> it's so cozy you know um we need like two king beds we have a california king and i swear i sleep on this much bed on oh, the wow. edge and the kids just like take up all the room and me and dad are just like on the ends and like one day we'll get our bed back but it's like it was both of our choices you know we love it so much and it's gonna be sad the day that they don't want to you know be in our bed anymore but i guess what are some tips for bed sharing safely like what are the mandatory things to make sure that happens if you are choosing to bed share and you want to do that safely so yeah the safe seven sleep for bed sharing is like no smoking sober mom um baby at the breast again you know, i've known moms who wean you just have to follow your own t- intuition if you want to bed share and you're not breastfeeding you just have to and just follow your own intuition if it feels right it feels right if not then don't do it. Healthy baby on the back. Keep them lightly dressed. Um, not too soft bed. So you want to make sure the bed is firm and not soft. You want to make sure that there's no cords or gaps along the bed. You want to keep the covers off from the head. Like want, waist down maybe? Yeah, waist down. Or I know some moms don't even have covers for their little ones. They just, you know, they have like a lightly dressed onesie that keeps them warm. But yeah, you want to make sure it's waist down and not over their head. And then what about um, swaddles and those sleep sacks? Are those like not recommended if you're bed sharing just for moms yeah, out there? I never use not, those, but. Yeah, the 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 swaddles are not recommended for bed sharing. Um, they're usually recommended for crib sleep. Um, I don't, I don't recommend swaddles. Okay. Um, there's some moms who do use sleep sacks. Um, 
and I, I don't recommend the sleep slacks either. One thing that I know you and I align on is responsive parenting and mothering, listening to your gut and empowering other moms to do the same. When it comes to co-sleeping, bed sharing, contact napping, feeding to sleep, baby wearing, all these things that parents around the world have been doing for thousands of years, what advice do you have for moms that are pushed by friends and family, strangers, experts on social media, not to spoil their baby or the comments that are so like flippant of like, when are they going to get out of your bed? Um, they need to self-soothe or fall asleep independently. So what advice do you have for those moms that are getting those kinds of comments and feedback and seeing that type of content on social media feel more empowered to listen to their instincts about those if they choose to want to do those things yeah just tune out the noise I mean they those experts and people on Instagram don't know you or your baby um you know you, your baby more than those ex experts and if your baby feels content and happy sleeping nearby you contact napping not sleeping in a crib just go ahead and do it. I know it can be hard. Motherhood is a hard season, especially when they're little like this. It's such a hard season, but this season does pass and it doesn't last long. So that is my advice is just tune out the, that noise, continue to do what you're doing and tune out the noise. Yeah. It's hard to do sometimes, but also seeing that type of content that you share, I think helps instill that because, you know, like everything, um, there, there's a balance, you know, and there's, you're right. going to see all this content kind of telling you that you need to do this, or you need to have some sort of method in place or a rigid schedule. But I think also seeing content like yours and following accounts like yours helps mm -hmm. moms feel like, well, I know there are other moms that are doing what I'm doing. And, you know, it's not, it's not causing these bad habits or whatever. I think that seeing more content and seeing more moms do the type of thing that you are sharing I think just helps helps moms feel empowered to listen to their instincts a bit more yeah and that's like the main reason why I created Tata Day Mama was just so moms can listen to their instincts and tune out the noise and just you know do what they want to do instead of listening to other people mm -hmm. uh, um I don't know if you've seen the controversial content in my opinion on social media of this notion of sleep training being good for parent-child attachment. I know there was like, I don't know if it's a new study, but I it's definitely new content that's being put out there. And <laughs> specifically by, you know, big sleep accounts, I'm not going to like name them, but yeah, I, I sharing, sharing that like idea that like by doing sleep training, you are reinforcing a good attachment. And I feel like, you know, like, that's fine, you know, if like, that's what you choose to do. But I yeah. feel like in the same breath, like bed sharing is always unsafe. That's what we're told and is asking for something bad to happen. But like leaving your baby in a room alone in the dark to cry themselves to sleep is not just like normal, but it's pushed on new moms. And now it's saying that it's like, this is how you build attachment with your baby. No. What are your thoughts? Thoughts are on that is no, that's not how you build attachment with your baby. You don't leave your baby in another room to cry it out for long periods of time. Like, no, that's not how you build attachment. Babies don't know how to self-soothe. And they require a parent or a caregiver to co-regulate with them, to calm down their nervous system. They can't do that by themselves. So when you're leaving a baby by itself to cry it out, well, they're getting that message. I just have to fend for myself. And a lot of times when I, I see mothers who are like, well, 
sleep training that worked for me, like my baby stopped crying. Well, well, pretty much what's going on is that the baby has stopped calling out. Mm-hmm. You're not going to them, so they're right. not going to continue to cry and call you out because there's no point. Right. So they, they know you're not coming. Yeah, and they, they know that you're not coming. So, and that's not the message that we want to give our children. We don't want to give that our children that, oh, you just have to fend for yourself. There's other ways. There's other ways that we can approach sleep without letting our babies cry it out. Right. Okay, so I have like personal experience with that calling out and like the baby stopping the call out. When I tried this, I, I mean, I didn't try like a sleep training method. I guess I tried cry it out for... <laughs> like a week because I felt really pressured as a first time mom to like try it and to do that because them sleeping in my bed was like deemed this like shameful thing that like I'm creating all these bad habits which I just have to say like I am a grown person that wants to sleep in a bed with somebody you know my husband so like we we all want to like have that safety of like sleeping with somebody so I guess, you know, as a baby that I, that was bed shared, I grew up to be a bed sharing adult too. So I don't know if that's a bad habit, but I'm doing it. No, it's not <laughs> a bad habit. Like we're designed to have to be close to human beings. Like that's, we're designed for that. <laughs> I always, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Croods, but we all, after mm-hmm. seeing that movie, we always say that we're a sleep piling family because we just all oh. sleep in the same bed and we all just like sleep pile, like no matter where we are. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so we're sleep pilers. In that one week that I was trying out sleep training or like, you know, cried out or whatever, I would find myself, you know, watching her monitor and she would just be laying there. She wasn't even sleeping. She, her mm-hmm. eyes were just mm-hmm. open and I could mm-hmm. see her eyes like in the monitor, you know, and it's like, devastating like she's just laying there she's not sleeping like mm-hmm. and it, I guess if you're just listening like you would think that they fall asleep but they just know that my crying isn't working and I'm tired of crying and it's basically mm-hmm. just like crying themselves to sleep of exhaustion of literally crying and it just felt so wrong and felt like I was doing the wrong thing and I was for me you know because I felt sick about it and I have experience with that exact thing that you just mentioned. Like they just stop calling out for you, which if you are, if you're a mom that wants to have your baby in bed with you and sleep training feels wrong and increases your anxiety and doesn't do the opposite, then listen to that. You're, you know, don't, don't quiet your intuition based on outside perspectives. Exactly. And I get like a lot of moms who have done sleep training and they have so much regret and I just want to say like again attachment is like a lifelong relationship and if you notice that you've done sleep training in the past it's not going to completely affect your relationship with your child I know and I don't think like that's what we're like trying to say either it's like I did not know what else to do right like there was no other way for me to like have my child asleep uh, because I was hearing from different people to do this and do that and I just did the you know sleep training because again like we're all doing our best we can and you know having that self-awareness like even for me I didn't do like the cried out but I I did do like a form of sleep training of like not making eye contact with my yeah. son at night for like a week like I'd get up with him and nurse him 
And I just remember reading like the articles are like, don't make eye contact with your baby because if you do, they're going to like wake up. So, you know, I'm just like feeding him and, you know, not looking into his eyes. And yeah, you know, you have regrets. Like you're, why did I do that? We're all trying our best. And if it's not sleep training, it's something else. You know, like we've all done things. Yeah. Like we've all literally done things as parents. Well, at least I can speak for myself. Like we have Mm -hmm. done things that we look back on and we're like, I wish I would have done that differently, you know? But like all of these experiences and all of these like trial and errors, like Mm -hmm. for me, parenting has been the biggest mirror into the things that I need to work on and parent in myself and breaking cycles and not doing things that were done to me when I was raised and, you know, Mm -hmm. making a conscious effort to, to tune into what actually feels good. And also like things that are triggering for me, like do not Mm -hmm. need to be handed down to my children, you know? And I think that I, I know we're talking specifically about sleep methods and not carrying that guilt for like trying something because moms, you know, I think we do a lot of things too. Like you know, it's working for one mom. And so, and it's somebody that maybe we trust on social media or a friend or a, and anybody, you know, that we feel like we're invested or that we trust their judgment, their advice, these things, and we try things and they don't work for us. Like, that's not to say that it was wrong for that mom to do. Like if it worked for her and it worked for her baby and she felt good doing it, like that's good for her, but it doesn't mean that it has to be good for you. Not all advice is good advice for you. And uh, I think, like, yeah, that's like the thing with sleep training is that they're making it seem like this advice is for every mom, for every family. And no, like other people don't feel like sleep training is right for them. Like, and that is okay. Like bed sharing works perfectly fine for some families, yeah. you know? I just draw the line at the shame and the judgment. Like, don't just stop telling moms that they're asking something bad to happen and stop asking them when their baby's going to get out of bed and stop asking them when they're having sex with their husband. Because like, you would never ask, you would never ask another grown woman, like, where are you sleeping with your husband? Like, where do you guys do it? Until you find out that they're bed sharing. And you're like, what? You're literally asking where I sleep with my husband. Like, you like, I don't understand, like, where you feel entitled to ask that type of question. Like, if we're not on that level, like, just because I have a baby sleeping in my bed doesn't mean you need to know where my husband receives sex, you know? Like, come on. Exactly. That's what makes me, like, irritates me, too. Like, I'm just like, like, you, yeah, you would never ask a grown woman that, like, on the street. Like, hey, so where are you guys having sex? Like, where? I'm like, does your husband know that you're asking me where my husband is having sex? Because I feel like he wouldn't appreciate that. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> it's just like, that's what you're asking. Like, I don't know. Like, people like don't think twice before opening their mouth. Like you're just so accessible on social media. They just want to like know every single. They want to know like detail. every single detail of your like life, including your sex life. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And you know, like I'm down to talk about pelvic floors and stuff but like right I just like I guess you know everything's kind of like fair game but it just like it's just like the unrealistic like tug and pull like you're gonna you're okay asking those questions because I'm a bed sharing mom that's like literally the only reason why you feel comfortable asking that and which is wild I just like you guys are not thinking outside the box like it's just like there's couples like that don't like necessarily have sex in their bed they do it you know 
everywhere like they yeah, have wherever and like the house that they do it like it's so we put okay. our for everybody that's been asking me where we do it we put the kids to bed in our bed and then we do it on the floor okay that's right, where we right. conceive our children our children are conceived <laughs> on the floor while our kids sleep in our bed see See, there, there it is. Go. I put it out there. It's out you there. Everybody out there. knows now. Put it I actually out there. feel better. I feel better now that everybody see, knows. You put it out there. We have like an extra bedroom where we do it. So yeah, it's like, see? you know, like Not a we just bedroom do it in different places. Yeah, just get yeah, creative. Yeah, I know. Get creative. Yeah, we just get creative, you know, like a partnership, you know, you got to. If, if you were looking for a sign to spice up your, your sex life, this is your sign. This is your sign. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. What is your go-to mantra that gets you through hard times? So it's like a mantra, but Mm -hmm. mom style. Mantra. Mantra. I love it. This season will pass. Motherhood is hard and it's okay to admit that it is hard, but it will pass. That's my mantra. Yeah. And no, I, I love just, that. I've been using it because it's just like, yes, it is hard. Like motherhood is hard, but it does pass. Like, yeah, man, it, it goes by fast, you know? It goes by fast. And also like, I don't know if it bugs you as much as it bugs me, but when people are like, oh, just wait until they are a toddler. Oh, just wait until they're teenagers. Me. And I'm like, literally, yeah. I will do anything to freeze time right now. Like I would me do too. anything to freeze time. And, anything. and also like, I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't, it gets hard and easier in different ways. If I could freeze time. Oh my God. I, I would totally do it right now. I yeah. just, it's hard. Like seeing them grow up and just, you know, get into their own personalities. It's a beautiful thing to witness, but it's just so hard because it's like, you spend so much time nurturing them and loving them. And, and they're just like, grow up. My husband like always, a, he's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, the girls are going to move out one day. Like they're yeah. literally going to leave. And he's like, why are you thinking about that? I'm like, I literally think about this all day long. Every like, day. Every, every day. day. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Why am I how thinking you, about this? How do you men not think about this? Like, He's like, like and my I husband think- is so funny. He's like, that's the whole point. Like we're raising humans. Like they're not ours. They're not ours yeah. to keep. They're ours to like right. raise and put into the world. And I'm like, I just want to keep them. I just want them yeah. to live with me forever. We can build houses in the back. Like. They can have right. their families there. I just right. want to keep us together. That's how I feel too with my son. I'm like, I just want to keep him close. Like, I don't want to release him out to this world. Like, oh man, like it's just hard. And when I became a mom, it's just like, man, like my emotions just like hundred percent just intensified oh, completely. Yes. And I felt that when I had my second daughter, because I, I felt so much worry and stress in my like final week of pregnancy like uh, like leading up to my final weeks of pregnancy I was like oh my gosh Radley is not gonna feel as loved or she's gonna feel like you know I don't know like she's just not gonna feel as loved and she's not gonna feel as special and like all these things how am I gonna love another baby like I couldn't even buy baby clothes for my second baby until she was here because I felt so much guilt of like 
I don't know. It's like so strange. Like, yeah. Why do moms, why do you always feel guilty about every uh, damn thing? <laughs> every damn thing we're feeling guilty about it. And it's like, for yeah. what? And it's like, oh, this, like our babies are not worried about those things. Like they are not no, worried. Even not. like when you really mess up and you go and you're like beating yourself up about it. And then you go back mm-hmm. and try to, you know, you're apologizing to your baby or, you know, your toddler. And I'm, I'm so sorry I talked to you like that. Or, you know, I just, I want to apologize and I love you so much. And okay, it's fine, mama. I'm like, I literally yeah, beat myself up all day okay. over that. And yeah. she's like, oh, it's fine. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, girl, you're strong. Like, you're, you're okay? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. I was literally, literally digging myself out of a hole to come, uh, right? to come say sorry to right? you. But yeah. Um, yeah. So crazy. But yeah, when my, when my second daughter was born, it was just like my, my love just like grew. There was no like splitting my love. It was just like, it just grew. I love hearing that because it's like a different perspective. Cause I always hear like people with, you know, I only have like one child and I only always hear people who also have one kid. They're like, Oh, I can't imagine like splitting my love to like another child, you know? And it's just like, well, you don't you don't split it it doesn't like I just feel like it it it, it expands like it just grows bigger just expands yeah my my dad you know I'm the oldest of six kids and he Mm -hmm. said I was telling him like this worry that I was having you know and obviously he can look look on that experience and just know like Mm -hmm. that it's you know it's all coming from a good place but he has six kids and he's like Mm -hmm uh, Juju is what they call me as Juju. And he's like, just mm-hmm. think about our entire family, all six kids standing in front of the camera. And we take a picture. You go mm-hmm. to look at that picture in the camera and it's just you, me and mom. How sad would that be? You know, you're not, you're losing. You're not, you're not, Radley's not losing anything. Like she's gaining, you're giving her the gift of a sibling that she will have long after you and Shane are gone. Like they have each other for the rest of their life. Just like you have your siblings. And I'm like, ah, you know, just the tears. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, no, like that kind of makes me tear up a little too. So I'm like, wait, I'm like over here with one kid. I'm like, oh. yeah, <laughs> you're giving them the okay. gift of like a, of like this best friend or a partner like to go through their life with like to lean on each other when you and dad are gone also something I think about all the time I don't know oh, why man. my mind like works really like making me tear up because he's right like honestly like he's right like even with my siblings like we're just like best friends like all yeah. of us are best friends and I could not imagine not having them in my life you know yeah, for oh, fear man. of like mom splitting guilt. love. <laughs> I know, mom guilt, 100%. <laughs> mom guilt. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. and then lastly, where can people find you and what are your current service offerings? Yeah, you can find me at tatademama.com or at tatademama on Instagram and Facebook. My current offerings is I offer email consultations. I also have um, ebooks as well um yeah those are my current offerings is that for sleep for for sleep methods yeah I have sleep um yeah I have sleep consultations and then also postpartum consultations as well okay perfect all right thank you so much for doing this with me I'm chatting all the mama things and there are a lot of really helpful advice and just you know nurturing that mama gut and 
trust in yourself. Like I just love that. I love that about your page. Keep spreading all of the good vibes that you're doing because it does help moms. I know it does. I love when I come across one of your posts. Um, it makes me feel like I'm doing a good job. It's like that pat on the back that mamas want. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Daily Mom Trip Podcast. If you did, be sure to subscribe. Also, before you go, I would love you forever if you could rate and review this podcast, share it with a mom friend or on social media. And when you do, be sure to tag me, Move With True Love or Daily Mom Trip Pod on Instagram. And again, thank you so much, you guys, for listening.